Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Secret Language Podcast. It's ya boy. What's up, language heads? Um, happy Monday. I hope you've had a good week. I hope I hope you've had a good weekend. I I hope everything is good for you and that your life is great. Um. Happy Monday. I've already said it, but I'm going to say it again. Happy Happy Monday for the third time. Um, this week we will be talking about. The 1992 Robert Redford film, A River Runs Through It. Um, This film was released in October of 1992. Uh, I was negative five years old as this film came out. Um, It's got a 68 on Metacritic. It's got an average rating of three and a half stars on Letterboxd. And it won the Oscar for Best Cinematography back in 1993. The synopsis, this film is based on a book, and this book is the true real-life story of Norman MacLean. The story follows Norman and his brother Paul through the experiences of life growing up and how their love for fly fishing keeps them together despite varying life circumstances in the untamed west of Montana in the 1920s. So there's your synopsis. You know a little bit about the film, how it's rated what people thought about it, did win a pretty good award, pretty big award. So we're starting off with something that seems awfully promising. Um, now, I, I had heard of this film before. Well, not exactly heard of it, but I'd kind of heard of it. Because uh, this this movie, this film, mixes my two favorite, my top two favorite interests slash hobbies, and that is fly fishing and film. So naturally... I had, I had seen pictures, like still images and promotional pictures for this movie on my Instagram before, but I didn't know that they were actually from a movie. So this film stars, uh, let's see, this film stars Craig Sheffer as Norman McLean. He's our, our main character. And also uh, Brad Pitt plays his younger brother, Paul. So I had seen pictures of a very young Brad Pitt fly fishing in Montana. And I thought, man, those are some nice looking pictures. I mean, they're, they're very well taken black and white pictures. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. And then I learned that they're part of a movie. Um, this, this was recommended to me actually while I was in Florida by the father of Matt's girlfriend, Jessica. So, uh, Mr. Kevin suggested that I watch this movie and uh, I did, and I gotta say, I, I'm really glad that he suggested it, because it's something that I, I really greatly enjoyed. Like I mentioned, it, it kind of mixes my, my two favorite hobbies, watching movies and, and fly fishing. So, of course, it's like right up my alley. Of course, it's something I, I'm going to enjoy. Another, another thing that's special about it, another thing that just kind of stands out to me, what's going to make me, of all people, really enjoy this, is that it mixes some of my favorite themes in movies. It's, it's a theme about brothers which, you know, I, I've mentioned before on this podcast is something I'm a real sucker for. I, I love talking about, I love movies about brothers. And, and those always kind of catch me in my feelings. So things like Brother Bear and Onward really get to me. Man, I love them. Uh, it also has heavy themes of father and son relationships, which is another thing that really just gets me in my feels. So like, on paper, this is going to be my favorite movie ever. Not necessarily true, but like on paper, this is a movie that I'm going to really enjoy. And, and I did really enjoy it. Um, like I mentioned, this is 
based on a book, which is kind of the, the real life story of Norman McLean. Um, because of that, this movie is more like a biopic. It starts with him as a, as a young lad and it, and it kind of finishes somewhere in the middle of his young adult life, somewhere around like 30 ish is about when the time that the movie ends. So it's more like a biopic. It's not really a drama because there's no like defined central conflict and it's definitely not a comedy. So it's, it's more like a biopic. It's really what it is. Um, it's a biopic of a person you've never heard of, but you know, it's still a biopic. So I guess that counts. Um, now I've already talked about the fly fishing bit of this movie quite a bit and, and it's in, it's in the synopsis, but here's the thing. If you don't know the first thing about fly fishing, you can still watch and enjoy this movie because this movie is not about fly fishing. Like you, you couldn't, you could know absolutely nothing and you could sit back and enjoy this film, which I, I think is great because truly a film about the intricacies of fly fishing would honestly be super boring. Um, like I, I love it, but it's not made for, it doesn't make for good. It, it doesn't make for a good film. So it's not about fly fishing. Fly fishing is the background in which the men in this story connect with each other. Like the relationship that the boys have with their father comes through their shared love of fly fishing. The, the relationship that the brothers have with each other comes from the time that they have spent growing up fly fishing together. Like it is the bond that brings the men in the story together. So you don't have to have an interest. You don't have to know anything about fly fishing to understand and enjoy this film, which I think makes it super accessible. Um, fly fishing is also just a really cool activity and it lends itself well to really nice cinematography. Like I said, this, this did win the Oscar for best cinematography and and it takes place in Montana. So like it's gorgeous. There are a lot of really pretty scenes and backdrops and settings to this film. And, uh, it shows like, that's why I think this is such an enjoyable movie to watch. It's just cause it's really pretty and, and you can see why fly fishing is fun and why it's kind of like an art when you see this film, it, it really captures that really, really well. Um, now there, there's a really great moment in this movie where you start to realize that the fly fishing is what brings the McLean men together. The, the two boys, Norman and Paul, and their father. Uh, and it's, it's a scene later on much, much later on in the film when, uh, the main character, Norman, uh, he, he's got a girlfriend, he's dating this girl and this girl's brother, this kind of yuppie dude comes back into town, into Montana from his life in California. And, uh, he is not an outdoorsy dude. He's, he's actually kind of a jerk. And the film does a really good job showing you he's kind of a jerk. And, uh, the girlfriend convinces Norman, Hey, take my brother fishing. Come on. Like, I want you two to like each other, take him fishing with you. And so Norman and Paul try to take him fly fishing and, and he shows up drunk and he, he gets lost. He, he doesn't actually fly fish. He's got a normal rod and reel and a can of worms. And so, and he, and he gets lost on the way. Like he, he doesn't get the fly fishing thing and that, and that, just further proves that Norman and this brother character are, are not going to get along. 
because they don't share that bond that he shares with his brother and he can never form that bond that he has with his brother and with his father with this guy and like the fly fishing is just a way of showing that like it's kind of the driving force that that shows the connection between all the characters uh which is really neat like i i really kind of enjoy that now i say the film's not about fly fishing which it's not but it, it plays a large role so as as the boys grow up they both pursue a college education the oldest brother norman gets into dartmouth and he goes to Dartmouth, and he spends six years there getting getting a degree, an advanced degree. And that whole time, he never goes back to Montana. Uh, his younger brother, Paul, played by Brad Pitt, um, he stays and goes to school in Montana because it says that Paul could not leave all the fish that he had not yet caught. And so Paul stays because he really loves fly fishing. Like, he wants an education, he wants a job, he wants to do all the other things that everyone else does, but he wants to continue to fish, and so he stays. And uh, there's, there's you know, pictures of him flying ties and pictures of him with fish, like you'd see these old, you know, black and white pictures. And um, you realize that for Paul, it's a much bigger deal. It's something that he really loves, and it's his, like, passion in life. And, uh... When, when Norman comes back to Montana, when he finally comes home, he, he goes fishing with Paul because he hadn't seen him in you know, like six years. And so he goes fishing with his brother and he, it says that he realizes that in the time that he was gone, his brother had become an artist. That, that Paul is now a, a fantastic, you know, world-class fly fisherman. And he realizes that, you know, that, that was just a difference between the two is that they both love it, but but Paul loves it. He lives it. He's become an artist at it. And um, there's a there's a scene that really exemplifies that. Later on in the film, Norman decides to get married, and and he gets engaged to to this girl, and he tells Paul about it. He tells his brother, you know, hey, I'm I'm getting married, and and Paul says, yeah, but with with all the fish in the river, and and Norman as he hears this thinks of it as that phrase, oh, well, there are a lot of fish in the sea. You know, it's like, oh, there are a lot of fish in the river. And Norman goes, no, man, she's the she's the one for me. You realize then that Paul was speaking very literally. He wasn't using that metaphor like, oh, well, there's a lot of fish in the sea. He meant literally there, there are so many fish in the river, so many fish you've not yet caught, so much fishing to do. You decide to get married. And like, you can see that. It's, it's like that scene in the sandlot. Uh, you know, ca- call out to the sandlot. Surprise, left turn. Uh, there's the scene on 4th of July when, when the boys are all playing baseball. And uh, Benny's up, up to bat. And they talk about how Benny loves baseball more than anything. And that, like, they all played on 4th of July, but Benny Benny played on 4th of July. Like, he, he hits, he hits you know, this, this big, this big shot. And all the boys turn to watch the ball, and then the fireworks are going off. And they're all standing there, you know, mouths agape, watching the fireworks. And Benny's running the bases. It's like, no, Benny loves baseball. This is a very real love for the game of baseball. And that's the way that Paul loves fly fishing. He he loves it more than anything. And uh, I thought that was kind of neat, because you watch that and you realize, oh, no, 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 this is very literal for him. Like, he, he just loves 
fly fishing. Like he, he's not saying, you know, of all the fish in the sea, it's not a metaphor for him. He's being very serious. Um, it was kind of, kind of a neat thing to catch on to. Um, big time spoiler alert. Um, Paul dies at the end of the movie. Um, if there's any like real conflict, it's, it's the wild nature of Paul. And they established that from when he was a kid to as an adult, like he, he, he drank a lot and he, and he gambled a lot and he was kind of always flirting with trouble constantly. And, and that, if anything, that's kind of the big, the big, uh, conflict throughout the film. Again, it's not exactly, but it, it if anything, it's that. And, uh, so at the end of the movie, Paul, Paul dies. He's actually killed. He says he's beaten to death with the butt end of a revolver, probably over, you know, a game of cards or something. And, and it's really, it's a sad moment because he's a main character. He's, he's Norman's best friend. It's his only brother. Like all these things kind of come together, but it didn't make me cry, which is not like super impressive. I don't cry most of the time, you know, like I, I'm not a cryy person, but usually movies about brothers, they'll do it to me, man. Like I'll, I'll cry about, you know, in movies about brothers and, and this brother died and is like, I didn't really, I didn't get emotional about it. And I think that's because of the nature of the film, the fact that it is a biopic and that because there's no like clearly defined conflict, there's no like big goal that they're trying to reach. There's, there's none of that going on. Um, because of that, his death doesn't feel very important because there's not much to like put a backdrop on it. And that sounds horrible to say that his death didn't sound important because he was a real person. But, uh, for the sake of the film, like it didn't really connect with me because just, just because of the way the film is laid out and the way that the story is told. Also, they just kind of announce it verbally instead of uh, like showing it. There's no drama behind it as far as visually showing it on screen. Which, like, I'm glad they didn't. It would really change the tone of the film. But if I think about it and like try to put myself in Norman's shoes and think about my brothers, yeah, I'd probably start crying. But during the film, it it just didn't kind of land with me. So. I mean, that's, that's my thoughts deeper on the film. There's some other things that I've written down, just some like lighthearted things I liked, uh, for once, for one thing, the last scene that's shown of the boys and their dad fly fishing together, uh, Paul catches this gigantic trout and, uh, he's waiting in the river. And so he gets yanked around and he, he ends up like floating downstream a good ways trying to reel in this fish. And it's like really funny, but it's also like every fisherman's dream to catch a massive fish like that. So like, it was really funny, but it was also really awesome at the same time. Um, Montana is a bucket list thing for me. Like I really badly want to go out there and, and fly fish and, and just see the mountains and the scenery and the rivers. Like I, I want to go there so badly. So watching this really like struck that nerve with me. Uh, also, Fun fact, when the movie begins, you know, they're, they're young kids and, and the actor that plays Norman just happens to be Joseph Gordon-Levitt at about, you know, five or six years old. And, uh, 
he's got this bowl cut that's honestly hilarious and really cute. Uh, it's it's really funny just because Joseph Gordon-Levitt has established himself as like a real serious actor, and seeing him at like five years old with his little bowl cut is just really funny because you're watching this movie and you're like, wait, that's Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and it just kind of like takes you out of it a little bit, but not in a bad way. You just kind of laugh at it. It's fun. It's it's a really joyful movie. Like I really enjoyed it. It's PG-13. Um, is it PG-13? Let me let me check my sources here. Um, Letterbox doesn't give you the rating, which is a little funny. Oh, it's PG. This is a PG film, which like, let's be honest, you can't beat that with a stick. A a PG film with, you know, really nothing in it to really be objected to, and, and it won an Oscar for best cinematography. Like, that, that is awesome for me. Like, if you can find a really well-made movie that you don't have to worry about the content in it is fantastic. Like, that's why I love older movies. I love movies from, like, the 50s and 60s because they're really well-made movies and they're really good. And you also just don't have to worry that there's going to be a ton of cursing or, or sex scenes or whatever. Like, you just don't have to worry about it. Like, that's really awesome. It's like, it's this PG, it's an Oscar winner, it... It it has some of my favorite like, you know, it's it's about fly fishing and brothers and family and like that's fantastic. Um, as a movie though, I, I only gave it three and a half stars. Like it's it's really not spectacular. Like the writing's not over the top great. The acting is good, but it's not like not no one stands out. Like it's just a fun wholesome movie, and for me that is enough. Like. I like it a lot more than my rating would suggest, but it's really a joy. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. It is for free so long as you have access to a Netflix account. Watch it. It's two hours long. It's wonderful. Really just wonderful, fun little flick. So that's my review of uh, A River Runs Through It. Beautiful film. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, moving on to the other thoughts portion of the podcast. Uh, I'm going to be talking about rivers. Ha <laughs> ha Who'd have thought that after a movie like that, I would be talking about rivers. There's a quote from an ancient poet named Heraclitus that says, no man can step into the same river twice because it is not the same river and he is not the same man. And let me tell you, I've been thinking about that quite a bit lately. Um, for one thing, it's just true about rivers. If you think about it, the water that flows through a river as you're standing in it is not going to be the same water that flows into it the next time you, you stand in the river. Um, that's just true. But also historically over time, rivers move like you can you can look at maps and, and rivers move. They snake around. They the way that they erode the land around them, they actually move. Like, for instance, there's something, there, there's a museum in Kansas City called the Steamboat Arabia Museum, which is actually pretty cool. So these archaeologists had heard about this, this steamboat that had sunk on the Missouri River, and, and they'd looked around, they couldn't find it. But some, some amateur archaeologists ended up finding that boat in a cornfield. Why? Because the hundred plus years since that ship had sank, the river had actually moved to a new, like it had changed 
where it lie. And, and so it's true that rivers change over time. And like that part of that, that poem, that quote is true, but also just the fact that over time, we as individuals change is also true. And, and, and that's the thing that I, I've thought about, obviously, most of all, because we're all going to change. If I think about myself five years ago, um, I'm not the same person I was five years ago. I, I was just starting my second semester of college and, and I'm not the same person I was then. And thank God for that. Um, I've, I'd like to think I've grown up quite a bit since then, but you know, hard to say. Um, but we change. And, and a lot of the times the changes that we make and the thing I've been thinking most about is how intentional we have to be about the way that we change. Um, we will change and ourselves by doing nothing. And that, and that is, it is a negative change. That is a bad way of change. Becoming apathetic and lazy and falling into bad habits is a change. And that is something that we can control. The problem is that we are, con- we are forming that change and forcing that change by doing nothing. And like, that's, that's bad. That's messed up. That's not the way it's supposed to be. We have to be intentional about the way that we change. So we have to make good habits and to make decisions and if we can be conscious about the way that we live our lives and about the changes that we want to make in our lives then when we stand in that river metaphorically we will be different men and women and we'll be different people but for the better because we've been conscious and because we've decided to change our lives and to become better people and so i've been thinking about ways to make myself a better person how do i make those changes in a positive way, in a way that makes me a better person. And so I've just been thinking about that. And there's, there's like a real life example of that in my life. Uh, this, this past weekend, I I went down to Florida to go visit Matt and Jessica. I only ended up seeing Matt, but I went down there to see him. And in the three years, four years since I've been at Florida college, you know, we'll be, we'll be right at four years here in May since I've been at Florida college. Um, it's changed a lot. It looks very different there. Campus has changed. It looks different. Tampa, Temple Terrace, around Florida College has changed just in those four years. And I was mentioning it to my dad. I'm like, wow, this place has really changed. My dad's coming up on his, you know, 30-year class reunion. And he goes, yeah, you think it's changed. Put, you know, put 25 years between you and Florida College and, and just see how much things change. And and like there, there are physical representations of how that is true. Like the physical places that we are change and like, we can see that. But when you think about yourself, you know, who I was four years ago at FC is very different than who I am now. And if I think about that, how many of those changes, those things that are different about me are things that I consciously chose to change about myself to make me a better person. And and that, that's a serious thought. It's, it's something that'll really sit with you and make you contemplate your life. Like, how am I living? How, what kind of decisions do I make? All these things. Um, it's important. It's, it's part of being a human is being responsible for ourselves and, and understanding the way that we live and the way that we, we shape our own lives. So not to get existential, but think about that this week. Think about the ways that you have changed in the past five years. And think about how how you will change again in the next five in the next five years, and how you can make changes to shape your life to become a better person. Because 
it is inevitable that we will all change. But whether those changes are positive or negative are all completely up to us. So think about that. Hopefully you'll get some good use out of that. I love you guys. Um, that pretty well wraps up the podcast for this week. I don't really have anything else in mind that I'd like to say. Um, next Monday is the last Monday of the month, which means that I will be doing a cinephile survey with my good friend and, uh, brother in Christ, Nick Weaver. Um, we recorded this actually a couple of weeks ago, but I've just been kind of sitting on it because I think it'd be a fun idea to, to do a cinephile survey at the end of every month. So... I've got that. I've got to record, not record. I got to start editing that this week because I'm telling you, man, we recorded for two hours. I mean, he had a lot to say. He was an absolute joy to talk to. I'm going to start editing that, getting that ready for you guys. That's what you got to look forward to next week. And, and because it was so good and to convince you guys to come back, I'm going to drop you guys, I'm going to drop you guys a little sneak peek. So here you go. Here's a little bit of Nick Weaver for next week. That's what movies do when they're at their best. Yeah. You know, they tell a great story, but they also make you feel something. They make you feel scared. They make you laugh. They make you want to cry. But they also tell you a lesson, like with something you can take away from them. Your life is different because you watch that movie. Yeah. I heard a great quote that said, you'll be the same person today. Or you'll be the same person in five years as you are today, except for the people that you meet and the books that you read which really means you're going to be the same person later as you are now. The only things that really change you are the people in your life and the media you consume. Yeah. In this case, it's books, but it's also movies. You yeah. know? What we decide to watch, what we value, and all that kind of stuff, it shapes who we are. And I appreciate a good movie because in many ways, it's a reflection of who I am. And if you're a person that loves movies, you can tell a lot about a person by the movies that they enjoy. And we shape the media around us, and the media around us shapes who we are, and so we all have a responsibility to do it wisely. I mean, come on. Doesn't that sound amazing? He's, I'm telling you, I'm very excited to post that episode next week. Um, that's all I got. I hope you guys have a great week this week. I hope your lives are well. I hope you think about change in your life and how you can force those changes and make those changes to become better people. Uh, take care of yourselves. Take care of the people around you. And until next week. Oh!